New Hollywood is presented by the Apple TV Plus original series, The Morning Show. The drama series explores the cutthroat world of morning news and the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning. Told through the lens of two complicated women working to navigate the minefield of high-octane jobs while facing crises in both their personal and professional lives, The Morning Show is an unapologetically candid drama that looks at the power dynamics between women and men and women and women in the workplace. The Morning Show stars Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Billy Crudup, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, and Mark Duplass for your Emmy consideration. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. My name is Dino Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda Nduka. And for this episode, we have another star from Hollywood, Ryan Murphy's new series on Netflix, Jeremy Pope. Jeremy Pope, a Broadway star turned TV phenom. Right. You want to say (laughs) Two-time Tony-nominated Broadway star. And, you know, yeah, right off the bat, it was a good conversation because we started talking about burritos. So right. I know. <laughs> we started off on a good point, but but Jeremy was I think I think he like made some history with his Tony. He got nominated mm. for two Tonys in the same year. Same year. For Fireboy. For two then, different categories. Right. Fireboy and then the musical um Ain't Ain't Too Proud. Proud. Yeah, yeah. And he's great. I he's definitely I think he's definitely a breakout from Hollywood. Like he is. At, I loved his performance in it and he's such a nice guy. Yeah, I hope, you know, I, I and I I just love what he stands for and the, there's something so authentic about, well, his performance yeah. for one and then yeah. also just who, like what he wants to do with his platform and, right. and, and being an actor. And I'm excited to see what he has next because he was definitely a breakout in, in Hollywood. Right. Right. So, and Hollywood is available to watch on Netflix. If you haven't, they are some spoilers. So just FYI. You, know, you guys but have to watch it, it by it's now. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Like I said before, I binged, I couldn't stop watching. So without further ado, here is Jeremy. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us on uh, the New Hollywood Podcast. We're Welcome. Thank you. How, so, how, how are things? <laughs> you know, I think it's day by day, day by day. Yeah. But today on this, on this here Tuesday, um, I am thriving. I just finished a burrito. Things are well. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. From where, okay. Where do you get your burritos from? So You're today, in LA? I'm in LA. Okay. We were trying this place called Home State, which is- Oh, like, Home State is dope. But- Okay. I couldn't get like they were they were on some bullshit today. So I had to <laughs> willy-nilly postmates like random burrito. Okay. Giving it a 4.5 out of 10 stars. That's where we're at right Whoa. now. Whoa. Oh, that is, this, is, is low. Is this a breakfast yeah. burrito? You know, we went for a strong chicken burrito. Mm. Um just thinking like maybe it would just it would just hit it, you know. Um <laughs> unfortunately, you know, on the fence. Oh, yeah, yeah. but like I'm still driving I'm still feeling good yeah, that's, yes. that's good. you know what I mean like I'm not letting it bring me down that's where I'm at at, <laughs> least, you, at least you've eaten something today I still yes. have not eaten um not healthy 
Yeah. Wait, because I'm on this mission to find a good burrito here in LA, and I still have not. Yeah, it's really hard to find a good burrito place. I have. I'm in Texas, and I know I've lived well, here. Well, of course, so you're like, gonna find a good one. In there's Texas. a bunch of good burrito places, but LA, I haven't. I haven't seemed to stumble upon like a go-to place yet. I know. Yeah. Home maybe state Chipotle. is good. Home state's good just because I think the owner is from Texas, and it's like legit scrunched okay. up breakfast tacos in the foil. And that's, See, that's what I. That's where I was trying to be. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where my spirit wanted us to be this morning. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we didn't. We didn't see that. <laughs> well, there's so, always tomorrow. So, so <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, what other things are you getting into during quarantine? Um, I've been. So I, I don't know. I've been doing a, a bunch of different things. I've been working on music, writing a lot. I have like my studio mm -hmm. here, so I'm able to track vocals and you know, everyone's kind of home. So I'm able to work with people in London and people that I work with oh, here. Nice. So that's been good. Um, I've talked to my grandma a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, she's always good, which is always good. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess I realized um, how busy we can, and I say busy in quotes, how busy we can be sometimes where mm -hmm. you forget how easy it is to just connect with people, whether it's through FaceTime or text or DM or whatever. So She's actually been someone that I've connected with and gotten really close to mm. during this quarantine time, which is special for me, but I know it means the world to her. So mm -hmm. she's been sending me like her favorite recipes and like she's been watching Aww. Hollywood and like nice. every night she's Aww. like waiting. It's really, really <laughs> cool and special. Are you, you're, is your, you're from New Orleans, right? I'm from Orlando, Florida. Orlando. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Orlando. Is your, is your grandma out there? She is. She's holding it down. I asked her the other okay. day, I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, I have to run some errands. And I was like, what type of errands do you have to run? And she was like, well, I just wanted to go browse. And I was like, wow, <laughs> to go to a store and browse. <laughs> that is such a grandma thing to say though, right? She's like, she like oh, went, I just want to browse. <laughs> yeah, she went to big lots and just wanted to look, which like mood, like I get it. Like I've been on a day where like, I just want to get out and browse. So those are the errands my, my grandma is running right now. Good. good she's so, staying safe though yes, right and sure. staying active too yeah yeah so jeremy obviously you are one of the stars of the new netflix series hollywood and we'll get to that we'll get to that in a second but before that you were on broadway in the choir boy and a2 pouch bag so i just want to ask you just to beginning where what what was the impetus to your to your entertainment career was there a certain musical or some performance that you saw that really inspired you to get in this business um i mean i'm inspired by so many different things i, I was definitely music first music driven um i i got into theater in high school and met these crazy bunch of kids that were so cool and so talented and um, I was just looking forward to doing the musical every year. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I got to my senior year and, you know, it's the big question of like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I was like, I'm kind of having a really lit time with this group of people. So I knew that we couldn't stay together, but I was like, maybe I can find more experiences like this. So mm -hmm. I ended up moving to New York and went to school for musical theater. But it wasn't like I grew up watching musicals. I don't think at the time I had even seen a Broadway musical. I just was oh, looking wow. to use the singing and the dancing and the acting and like putting it together. Um, I grew up in the church, so, you know, we'd have church plays and certain things like that. I was inspired always with music and just very group collaborative projects. Um, mm -hmm. But then when I got to New York and was able to, my first show, I think that I saw, I second acted, um, meaning Ooh, I waited for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that Broadway speak? Because I don't Bro know. No, no, I'm going to tell you what oh. it is. So basically what okay. you could, what you used to be able to do 
was at the intermission and most shows have an intermission people that Mm -hmm. smoke go outside and smoke but what happens is when they get let back in they don't really check your tickets because Mm -hmm. they assume like you just are going to see the show so it's the honor system (laughs) it's the honor system you know what i mean so at the time i didn't have much money i was in college and you know you're being asked to see these shows but i'm like i don't have money to do it so i remember waiting outside um the the theater to see in the heights and (laughs) yeah but i knew the music i had listened to the soundtrack so i knew what was happening story-wise but i just never seen it so i think Mm. just like that experience and then i was able to see other musicals that i didn't second act that i paid for um (laughs) but just again i think being moving to new york and being submerged with just so many incredible artists and people that's where i just started to like vibe and riff off of those Mm. things I remember wanting to give up um, the, the conservatory I was in because it just didn't feel like I was going to be a musical theater singer. I felt like I was more pop or R&B or just more, I just didn't feel like there was a lane for me. But I also had, you know, told my parents this is what I was going to follow through and do. So I was like, I need mm. to prove my parents wrong and follow through with my word and, you know, mm. give them something tangible at the end of this. So, but that ended up being the best thing I could have done because I ended up getting an agent and just working with more people and kind of finding the lane that we wanted to like ride in. And then that's how I made my way in, into the off-Broadway and then into Broadway. And from then it's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of been what it's been. Mm. What was your first play that you did when you moved to New York? So my first play um, was Choir Boy. Oh, really? Which, yeah, which ended up being my Broadway debut. So it was mm-hmm. 2013 at the time. I'd been out of school for a couple months and got this audition for this play. Didn't know much about it. Didn't know Terrell or Trip, Terrell the writer, Trip the director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was just like going in, trying to get a job to pay my rent. Um, callback after callback after callback, ended up getting it, but still not knowing what it means to originate a role off Broadway or the people that were going to see it. Um, mm-hmm. It was in a 99 seat theater, so it was relatively small. The paycheck was also small. Everything was on small. So it was kind of like, you know, like it was a great experience. And I think once I got into it and saw what we were, what we were creating, I then started to realize like, oh, this might be a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. than what you were imagining. But again, I have to give it to that project because that was my New York debut, but also ended up just kind of being the show that kind of took me and I was able to just grow as an individual, as an artist. And then for it to come back, you know, again, five years later, after Terrell has gone and won an Oscar, it felt very, it felt very right. Very, you know, serendipitous of it all. Just kind of how the world and the universe works and the timing of things. Mm -hmm. And did you do, did you do that show and um, Ain't Too Proud at the same, was it the same time or was it right after, right after the other? Okay. So basically, I mean, the the timeline is I did choir, but that was my first job. And I had worked Mm -hmm. in some other off-Broadway musicals that were great and, um, you know, I was still kind of waiting for what was going to be my Broadway debut. I was, mm. you know, that's the goal. I'm working off Broadway, but you want to get to the Broadway. So Ain't Too Proud came around as, you know, this Temptations musical. Mm-hmm. I loved the book written by Dominic Morso. She was friends with Terrell. So it kind of felt very family. Mm. Um, so I began that journey. We had to go on tour because we were waiting for our Broadway house to be open. Um, so we did like this, it felt like 50 city tour, but we were in Berkeley, DC, LA, Toronto. Um, and during that time in the middle of the tour is when I got the call that they were gonna bring Choir Boy back to, or bring it to mm-hmm. Broadway. And if I was interested, um, and you know, this is a role that I played five years ago. So I was like, I don't know. I think it'd be good to get in the room with everyone and read it to see if this character still lives in me or if I've outgrown it or mm-hmm. you know, what, what we have. And 
I got back in the room and it was right there. He was, he was more rooted than ever, but Ferris, the character was right there. And mm. then it became the scheduling madness because now I was a part of two shows that wanted to go to Broadway. And normally you can't do two shows at the same time because they conflict. Mm. But there was a two week difference with our show schedule. So mm. both producers sat in a room together, looked at a calendar and a lot of money and a lot of times and hard conversations, they've made the schedule work so that I was able wow. to be in one wow. show and then three days later start performances of the other. Oh, but I was, wow. I was in rehearsals for one, like I was doing both at the same time for like yeah. almost three weeks. Yeah, I was rehearsing shoot. for one from like nine to six, go to the theater for a seven o'clock show and then we like repeat. Jeez. Yeah. Wow, yeah, pretty intense. That's a hustle, but it paid off because you were nominated for both in the same yeah. year. It's crazy. not many people done that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, aren't you? Like, you're like the sixth person in, in like over I'm the seventy. Sixth person, yeah, yeah, in the seven years history. And like I think that. like that's not like, I mean, real talk. That wasn't something I was shooting for. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was just trying to make it get out, make it alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was also like, I hope right. that I'm good in both shows. Like you don't want to like have two works that you're just trash and like he could barely <laughs> stand there, he could barely sing like I wanted to you know I wanted the work to be good and to kind of you know but I, I was I think what helped it is these were two projects that I had been able to spend time in I had done choir mm. boy it was something that like I felt like I really grew as an artist it was my first job and then ain't too proud we had did it in so many cities that it was like I could do the steps with my eyes closed so it really mm. helped as we were you know managing the schedule because I at the end of the day, I was like, you know, you've done the work, you've done the prep, like just show up and give as much as you can. You yeah. know, like that was all yeah. I could hold myself accountable to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the Tony okay. Awards was just kind of like the icing on the cake. It felt like yeah. the end mm-hmm. of the marathon. But it's know? also, it's also like, a, it's, you know, your hard work paid off and dreams do come true, folks. They do. <laughs> they do. They I'm, do. Here to, I'm here to tell you. No, they do. And I think it's just like trusting the process. Yeah. Your journey and being like present in the moment and like, you know, I don't know, it just, I'm very grateful for that awareness now. I think it's mm. frustrating sometimes when you're getting so many no's and there's so many jobs that I could talk about that I didn't get, mm. but it's like those jobs weren't for you and this mm. was for you. So it's just so interesting to kind of, you know, five years later, now these people are like, where did he come from? And I'm like, I kind mm. of been here. I was second at the shows like <laughs> two years ago, but like- I've been in round. <laughs> Yeah, I've been around. Like, I've been here. Yeah. Like, I've been here. You just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look in this direction, you know? So I'm yeah, really yeah. Cool that they are. And it's with projects that I really like, love, and stand by. And, mm. have the, you know, they were, I was working with some of the best people in the business, and they were like black shows. I wasn't like a token of, mm. uh, you know, an all white cast. I really got to stand in my truth and my blackness and really talk about like the black nice. narrative in a commercial Broadway house, which is very rare. So for me to be a part of two of those shows that were doing that, that was the dream. You know, that was, that is the thing you like aspire for. So it's like, you know, I was just very grateful to have said and to be able to say that I was a part of those works. That's amazing. And and I know, I mean, certainly people definitely know you now um, from Hollywood. Yes. We, we, were, we, I mean, I told, I told, uh, we had Laura on the show yes. not too long Laura ago. And, and I told, and I was like, I told, I was like, I binged that till three o'clock in the morning. I could not stop watching it. Like, <laughs> yes. like it's I, the Hollywood I, that we've all like hoped for, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we've been standing hard, hardcore for it. I interviewed Ryan for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle. 
-hmm. I think Pete interviewed Darren. Um, and I recently, yesterday, I talked to Mira uh, about mm. her role. And so it's like, we're just trying to hit everyone. <laughs> hit them all. Yeah. Hit them all. No, seriously. Um, but, but before you got this role, how, how familiar were you with the golden age? Were you somebody who liked to study like the history of Hollywood? No. Or like films? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I knew about it, but you know, I knew certain films that were around at that time, especially because in college we spent like a semester where you go back and you find, you know, period pieces that you could make, you know, revive or, you know, mm -hmm. revivals of certain things. So, but I wasn't like a, a huge fan. I wasn't someone that was a stan of that era. I knew that it was mm -hmm. very beautiful and glamorous, but you know, the story we're telling, like there, there wasn't a lot of pictures that reflected a young Jeremy. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like I was going there seeing myself. So. Uh, I remember that was one of those, when I was in that semester, it was kind of frustrating because it was like, so you want me to just kind of play the man in the back? Like, mm. or, you know, there just wasn't a lot of leading role parts for people like me, people of color. So, um, but it made it very interesting when Ryan proposed this idea of this revisionist history, writing the wrongs for these underdogs and people that weren't mm. given their opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I am a fictional character, it was exciting to step in to this this person to, to Archie, you know, and giving a voice mm -hmm. to people that were voiceless during this time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, with Ron, like every, we talked to Laura about it. We've talked to so many people and like a lot of uh, Ryan Murphy shows when he, you don't know a lot about it. I, I'm guessing mm -hmm. a lot of the actors, you didn't get sides that there were dummy sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even Mira was like that. Laura said that everyone was like, oh, we had no idea what we're doing. You don't know <laughs> what you're signing up for. <laughs> yeah, it was but insane. You know, you know, even though it was hush hush and as Archie's character and as you read, as you went through the process, you know, what, how did you respond to what Ryan was doing with this revisionist history? And more than that, like, how was it just like transitioning from, you know, a uh, Broadway stage to TV. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's different, you know, I love both mediums, but, you know, and I miss theater, I miss the intimate experience of being in a room and that show being that specific show that night. It, the shows can mm -hmm. change, the audience changes, you feel that energy. I think what's different about what we are creating or working for TV and film is your audience becomes this lens and it becomes like what works best for camera. And it's important mm -hmm. to know what works best for camera for you in particular. So it was just a lot of learning on on the day. It was, you know, they'd be like, your eyeline needs to be here. Cause I was mm -hmm. never worried about eyeline. You know, like if I'm talking to Laura, it needs to look like, look to the left of the camera. Cause it doesn't look like, you know, just certain things like that yeah. you don't worry about in theater. I get to just live. And also in theater, you practice your show and you go from beginning to end. But here we are like my first day on set for Hollywood, we shot the last scene of episode two. So I'm just kind of like, who am I? Who are you? <laughs> For like two hours now, you know what I mean? Like this is a lot of trying to like navigate different things, but there is this like sense of trust when you're working on a Ryan Murphy project in particular, as you know, it said, like we didn't get a lot of information. I knew like the structural outline of Archie, but I didn't know where he was going. I didn't know that it was going to be zero to hero by the end. You know, I knew it was just, this is where he's at. He's hustling. He's trying to make money. He's trying to make ends meet. And then you're kind of watching the more you bring to the character and have certain conversations with writers and people on set, you'll get scripts that reflect those conversations. So it felt very collaborative. Ryan was always there to like talk to me about what do you see for him? What do you, what are you feeling in this moment? And I mm. felt like that reflected where the script wanted to go mm. um, or where it ended up going. 
but there is that trust. You just have to kind of trust the, the process um, and know that you're in good hands. It was like the first two, we got the first two episodes together um, and there was a lot of sex, a lot mm. of nudity, <laughs> a lot of sex. Mm. And that was one of the things that scared me the most because mm. like I've been naked on stage before and again, it's intimate and like you're there and it goes away, but you know, the internet is forever. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you know, there's just, that's like such a vulnerable thing, you know? Um, so having those conversations with him early on and then watching how that evolved to what it ended up being and being more about the romance and the heart and the relationships that you build versus like it being gratuitous or like a statement piece. Um, Cause at first, the first two episodes were very heavy on the sex work of it all. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's that element to it, but it, it becomes about these group of people banding together and like the movie that they make, you know? So mm -hmm. again, I'll go back to the trust. And I had mm -hmm. seen Ryan Murphy's work. I knew of him. I had new people that worked with him. Um, but once I had a conversation with him and I felt like he had given me the answers I needed to do my homework, I was like, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting that people in the writer's room are gonna reflect what I need them to reflect so that I can have some real truth to stand in. Cause I told him, I was like, I don't wanna be a token. I can't, I'm not looking to just be on a TV show just to be on a TV show. Yeah. Mm. Like I've been so fulfilled in these projects on Broadway that really speak to my community or speak to like my narrative and things that I can truly relate to that I'm like, if anything, I'll, I'm looking for more projects that do that, mm. um, you know? Because at the time when I got the role, I didn't, there was no script. Like Laura said, there was dummy size. I sent in an audition and the next day I got the job. So I was like, I don't know what I got. Wow. I like, I did, yeah, I was like, I, and this is the week of the Tony. So I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, like, it was insane. It was like a Yo, dream. something like, wasn't like retrograde or yeah, aligned yeah. or no, something. You was like, for you. The way I was like, <laughs> you were yeah. like, everything was just the, lined the, up at once. The planets amazing. were aligned. The universe wanted you, you to have something. They were just yeah. like, oh. Yeah, I remember like I met with Ryan the Saturday before the Sunday night of the Tony. So, and I couldn't say anything wow. for a while. And Darren was actually sitting a couple rows behind me. <laughs> He's like, hey man, congrats wow. tonight. I hope we work together. And I'm like, we are. You like, I couldn't say anything at the time. Oh, wow. Well, like going to, you know, what you were saying before, like with the writer's room or with writers, you know, how mm -hmm. collaborative, you know, because we, we see different points of view in the show. We see queer, we see Asian, we see, you know, you know, half Filipino, it's, and, and old, you know, mature older women. Mm -hmm. How collaborative was it on set with the writers? Would they check in with you, you know, yeah. in terms of representation? Yeah, they were very hands-on and very sensitive to having conversations. Um, it was open as far as what, you know, they gave us kind of like the, the manual book and it was up to us to kind of navigate through it. And I think that's what Ryan enjoys most. He, he directed episode one. Um, and I think he really sets up the world. He knew visually what he wanted, but as far as what you're bringing as a character, that's up to you. Like he's cast you for that reason, which is why you'll see a lot of the similar like playing, leading players and his, and his words. Cause he loves just like, I can bring a Jessica Lang and she's gonna do this color. He's a color person. So it's like, he's seeing the visual aspect of it and it's you to like go in and figure out how this character moves and finesse. So that was helpful early on. He was just kind of like, I think Archie is this or that. And I was like, I'm bringing this, this is my inspiration. You know, once he'd see me in the costume and what, you know, just with the dialogue and then the rehearsals, again, it reflected how like the next, like when we'd get episode three, four, five, you could see it kind of leaning to your strengths and the things that you were bringing. Um, but it was super collaborative. You could like do a full take and be like, I don't, let's try something else. 
And he'd be like, all right, let's do it. Like he was never really too hell-bent on mm -hmm. something. And if it was specific, it had nothing to do with your performance. It was usually like the camera, like visually, I want to catch this moment. Jeremy's doing this amazing thing. Let's capture it. Like the first episode, I'm seducing Rock Hudson or Roy Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had me just kind of like unbuttoning my clothes. That was kind of the mm -hmm. note he gave. But in that, I was, you know, seducing him. So he's like, I want you, you're doing this thing very special. I want, it, I want you to play it to the camera. So we did a take mm -hmm. where he left and I did all of my lines mm -hmm. looking at the camera, which was weird, oh. but he wanted to break that wall and like make it feel almost as comfortable, almost as uncomfortable as Rock felt for the audience. So mm -hmm. there's like little things like that. But again, yeah. it was super collaborative and super, mm -hmm. super fun. Um, and then what happens is he directs the first one and then he goes away and then he becomes like a fly on the wall because you know he's watching everything. <laughs> right. And he's there when you need him, but he's not like overbearing, overprotective on the set. Mm -hmm. like he lets you kind of soar, you know, uh, mm -hmm. which was cool. New Hollywood is presented by the Apple TV Plus original series, The Morning Show. The drama series explores the cutthroat world of morning news and the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning. Told through the lens of two complicated women working to navigate the minefield of high-octane jobs while facing crises in both their personal and professional lives, The Morning Show is an unapologetically candid drama that looks at the power dynamics between women and men and women and women in the workplace. The Morning Show stars Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Billy Crudup, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, and Mark Duplass for your Emmy consideration. Let me ask you, similar to some of the characters in Hollywood, was there ever a point for you that you felt like you couldn't be your your full self in fear of you know maybe some type of backlash? Because I know a lot of a lot of actors, especially early on in, in their careers, had to hide a, a bunch of parts of themselves because it, they felt like the world wasn't accepting of it. When you first started out in the business, did you have that same experience? Absolutely. I think mm -hmm. you know you go to school and you know sometimes there's teachers or people that tell you who you should be they mm -hmm. tell you in order to be successful you need to be the next norm lewis or you need to be the next michael jack or whatever their their idea of who you need to be so you start to like lose parts of yourself in order to like give them this product that you think they need and that's what i found was most frustrating when i was in school is like School is, especially with arts, it's all about just getting the tools that you need to like work with what you have. It's like you can't give talent. You can like work on your craft, but at the end of the day, what they're looking for is what you're bringing and your story. Like the, the more I like leaned into like my own sexuality and my own trauma and things I've gone through that I can base off of truth because I know without a doubt these things X, Y, and Z have happened to mm -hmm. me or I feel this that's when I began to gain confidence in who I was and what I was bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. So instead of like, you know, I think, and similar, like that's how I wanted to build Archie is I was like, he has to be so confident in who he is, especially mm -hmm. if we're talking about the forties, because we have this black man, black openly gay man, that's two strikes. Right. So he can't come in on some like, woe is me. He's gotta be like, I do what I do to make these bills. I'm here mm -hmm. to make these moves. I'm trying to like pave the way for like, the people behind me that are too scared to do it. Like, right. you know what I mean? And it's like, if only I had <laughs> that like- Somebody like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? To like, to, so it could feel tangible. Not that they aren't out there. It's just like, I didn't have someone like that. Right, yeah. You know, right. so it, it's kind of something I had to find on my own. And I found that like, when I was able to do Choir Boy and 
became too proud in these projects that let me stand in my blackness and my truth. It was like, that's when I grew as an artist, as a person, I saw the healing and like, like just what it was providing for the audience. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, sometimes it's just seeing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or feeling yourself. And you don't have to be black to feel me or to understand, but oh. it's like, it just gives you something we tangible, you. something real. So I think like, if anything, as I'm getting older and working more in the business, it's like just standing in me, standing in all mm-hmm. things that are me and owning mm-hmm. all things that are not, knowing mm-hmm. that I am enough. There is room for me. There is space for me. There is someone mm-hmm. who wants to hear and feel my story and just trust that. It's like the timing of it. I'll trust yeah. the process, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if only I knew that younger, but I think like all of those things led to this. So now I can yeah. really like lead with that passion and fire yeah. and hopefully like pass that message on to any creative or person who is trying to make it in the, in the business or, you know, or, or what, what have you. Yeah, that's that's so important. And I know a lot of people seeing this will definitely have, you know, the motivation and the inspiration that they that there's space for them too. there's space for everybody. Um, was there a certain point when you were shooting this that you really felt like this show Hollywood um, could really move the needle when it came to the view that people have in Hollywood currently? Yeah, I think for me, it was episode four, which is directed mm-hmm. by Janet Mock. Um, yes, Archie Janet has a Mock. scene. Janet Mock is everything. Yes. Um, she's a dream. And there's a scene where they, I'm spoiling, but it doesn't matter. It's been on. And, and um, if you haven't a, watched it, why are you living? Yeah, like, why, <laughs> yeah. No, why here? <laughs> no. There's a moment where they're trying to take Archie's name off the script. Yeah. And then it goes into a conversation he has with Laura's character and Darren Chris's character. And he basically says, fuck white people. They don't play fair. So why should we? Mm, and I remember. That's a word. When I read <laughs> that, I was like, ooh, we're really saying these things. <laughs> like, I, I can feel it. And it's not mm-hmm. fuck all white people. No. It's not that. It's just this idea that, like, here this person is trying to, like, instead of writing from his own narrative of his own struggles, he's like, let me do this. Let me put it on a, on, on a white lady that we all kind of know about who had her own trauma and grief and mm-hmm. took her own life because of that, didn't feel seen, didn't feel heard. Mm-hmm. A very parallel experience to most black people in the forties. And here I am giving you this, something that should be tangible for you, people of power, white people in power, and you take it, but you're not gonna take me with it. You're gonna say, mm-hmm. we'll take the story, we'll take the pain and this amazing thing that you created, but we can't show you behind it. And I think him realizing that and then coming to terms with it and saying that, and I was like, this is very powerful. Like what we're saying is very powerful. And I know a lot of us have felt that. And -hmm. I think in that moment, and then having Janet be the person to direct me in this scene, I was like, oh, we're really here to like, with a message, with a heart, you know what I mean? Like we're not out out here just kind of glossing over this like revisionist history, happy ending. We're talking about some real trauma and things. Like I wonder now, like how many projects there are that we know about that maybe it was written by a black person. I was thinking the same. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. I was getting emotional a little bit because I was thinking the same no. thing. I wonder how many yeah. things that are out there that have been crafted by a black person, but they they, they weren't able to take credit for it yes. because of because of fucking because racism. of just the time. Just I think the, the anime Wong story and like re- hearing yeah. about that and like just watching that like this role, this moment that was supposed to be hers taken from her. Oh my god! And she never yeah. got her shot. Yeah, it's yeah, like I mean, those stories, the Hattie McDaniel story is like not even allowed in the Oscars when she's nominated. She wins the Oscar, but then they write her speech for her. It's like that stuff, that shit blows. We're not talking like 3,000 years ago. Like no, this, this was just 
look back. It was just yeah. right yeah. there. You know what I and, mean? And, you know, like, I, I wouldn't be, right. like, this sounds horrible, but I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened today because, you know, it's, it, it's just unfortunate. But I'm so glad that you mentioned that episode just because, like, man, I, you know, you get emotional. And, you know, being, you know, of course, you know, we are amongst, you know, our community, me being Filipino, Black, you know, and, and we have these conversations about, you know, like what you were saying, you know, the, the whole fuck white people thing. Yeah. I remember one of my friends was asking, should I do this X, Y, and Z? You know, I feel like he wanted to kind of champion another person of color or give an opportunity mm -hmm. to other person of color because, but because, you know, we've been so put your head down, don't say anything. He was scared to do that. And then mm -hmm. someone was all, white people have been doing that shit for years. Why can't you do it? Yeah. So I think with, with that, your character totally hit the nail on the head on that yeah. one. Right. You know, right. And, and I think becomes, it's, yeah. No, I was just I saying that the moment transitions to him, then champion Laura's character. Yeah. And mm. being like, one of us has to win. Yeah. That was my whole intention. It wasn't about for me. It wasn't for Archie. It was for paving the way and being the first and then allowing the door to be open for us to run in. But it's like, we didn't have that opportunity. So they're trying to strip his name. He's like, fuck that. Now it's about you, Laura. If you're going to be the only person in the room, like you actually need to like take yes. this thing home. You know what I mean? And I love that conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I love that, that turnaround because it, that, I don't know, it's just really special and it, it struck a chord with me. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, we should probably, I mean, you said this before, we, we should probably say not, not, not fuck all white people. No, I think <laughs> just, what just is, the it's one, just systemic, like the, yeah, the, power the one, system. exactly. The, the ones, ones that in are power the, who don't allow, who don't open that door. Yeah. Right. And that's right. What I think what we were saying is that I remember being very like, is that the, is that the line or, or do we need to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Line, you know what I mean? Right. But I think like given the context of it all, it's like, that's where he's at. Right. And yeah, it's yeah. not, like I said, it's not fuck all white people, all white people are the same. It's no. like, he's dealing with this industry built with these white people in power yeah. who are stripping him of his truth. Mm -hmm. And this thing that he's trying to create only to open doors for yeah. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. like, there probably was a lot of people in the 40s that were screaming fuck yeah. white people behind yeah. closed doors because of right. situations like that. You know what I mean? And, then, and even know, the, worse the term, situations yeah. mm -hmm. yeah, that were that happening term, back that then. Yeah. Um, that phrase may be a little harsh, but when it's the same person doing it to you over and over and over again, and it it is a white person, you can't help but feel wronged. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, with your character, or you, like I, I go back to that anime Wong story about what could have been with this amazing actress, you know, mm -hmm. who who lost out on an Asian role to a white person, you know, and no shade we're still seeing that today right yeah. <laughs> no shade scarlet you know we're, we're still seeing that today. Uh, what's it's real. <laughs> <laughs> no it's true i mean i well, i have my shirt uh, that, that has like <laughs> it mm -hmm. says like it says scarlet matt tilda and and uh, i forgot who it is it's like I, it I, still does happen. It's yeah, still it's a conversation. Yeah. So that's why yeah. that's why we need to keep the conversation going. And I and I yeah. hope people are you know obviously after seeing this, I hope people are definitely more open to kind of seeing what what the treatment of people of color, marginalized communities have been dealing with. Maybe For have sure. a little bit more empathy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And you know, speak. You know, as an influential voice, 
um, in the LGBTQ community and a person of color, you are in this position now, even like when you were in a choir boy, uh, as a touchstone for representation. Mm -hmm. Granted, you're not representing every person of color, queer person of color, but how do you hope to use your platform to navigate these waters, you know, because you are now in the public eye, more in the yeah. public eye even, but there's this responsibility, but at the same time, people are going to malign you from your own community, you know, yeah, yeah. and then, but at the same time, they're going to champion you. How yeah, yeah. are, how, how do you navigate those waters and this, this new platform? Yeah. You know, it's tricky and it can be frightening at times because you yeah, know yeah. that you are kind of, you're in these rooms, you're at these tables that a lot of us can't be at. But one thing that I, I just have to stand by is I think sometimes we're taught, but we think we have to look up for the opportunities. We think we have to look up for the next big thing. And while I think it's important to keep your head up and look, you know, dream for the dream to the stars or whatever, but I found looking around me, um, looking at the people that I know that have been with me when there were no wins to celebrate, which is this, it's all about the community. It's like, mm. it's all about the people that were there that, that supported you and were there. So it's like, I feel like in everything I do, I'm bringing them and around, like people around me with me. It's so mm. important that, um, you know, I, I really care about the stories in which I'm a part of. I mm. feel like all the projects that I've been so fortunate to work on, it's bigger than Jeremy Pope's success. Mm. It's all about just the storytell the storytelling of it all and how much like visibility and representation and healing it's going to provide for the people on the other end, for these people that I haven't met that are going to champion me, the work that we're creating. So if anything, mm. it's about standing truth in that, finding work that continues to speak and do that, get in those rooms and have those conversations. The first conversation I had with Ryan and as I was like, I get it, I love this revisionist idea, but is there going to be people behind the camera around me that mm. represent that? Oh, and once yes. he assured me that there was, that's when I was able to trust him. That's when I knew that I was able to go on this journey with him. I was so fortunate to meet a Janet Mock. And now the bond that we have is unbreakable. So then it was like, yeah. when you asked me to be a part of Pose, something that I also believe in that is offering so much visibility for our trans brothers and sisters. I'm like, mm -hmm. I absolutely wanna be there. I wanna be in that room as well. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's how I feel like we're able to like navigate and kind of just get the community of us together, grab a hold of each other because we're all in this together. We gotta mm -hmm. like keep fighting for the good, fighting for the change, you know what I mean? Um, and I think instead of like putting that pressure on singularly yourself and your voice and yeah. realizing that it's about all of us and how we can all make the difference, that's when you like realize like, oh, I got this. Like we're gonna ride or die for each other. Mm. So I think yeah. that's how I feel like I wanna move forward yes. as an artist, as an activist for the community. Snaps. Yeah. So yes. uh, Jeremy, what's, what's next for you now that you, you, you've done Hollywood? Yeah. <laughs> what do you have sure. coming up that you can talk about? Yeah. We have, so I was in New York, I was filming, I'm gonna be on the third season of uh, Pose. Um, oh I was gonna God. ask you if you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna do another Ryan Murphy project. Of course, well, you're, like, yeah. you're in it now. You're, you're, in, you're, in, the, you're, you're in the canon now. <laughs> you're in the collective, you're in the RM collective. <laughs> it's like a theater troupe, it's literally like a yes. theater troupe. Yeah. Like, what part did he give me, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, so you're so. gonna be in Pose, I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be really special and we were filming that in New York and um, you know, we're, we're kind of paused, but I'm looking forward to getting back to that. And nice. that'll be really cool. I'm so excited. I have so many friends that are work on that show and getting to work with Janet again. 
is is always yeah. a dream. She's such a like actor's director, yeah. and she just gets it. Yeah. So Janet's time... been on our podcast before. So yeah, love, love her. her. We yeah, love her. Yeah, such a. I'm yeah. so happy she's in my orbit, and she's just such a mm-hmm. such an incredible woman. So, I of course she asked me. I feel like she, <laughs> I feel like she she bullied me because she asked me like on the last <laughs> one event. She was She's like, all, you're going to be in my show, right? Yeah, literally. Like, hey. You're like, yeah, sure. Like, like, I, yeah, I, like, I guess. Is that a threat? Yeah, like, I want to be friends still, so yes, you know? Um, yeah. But I'm excited about doing that, and then we'll kind of see. You know, we mm-hmm. it's such a weird, tricky time. I've been working on music, so hopefully we'll have some of that that oh, I put out. Nice. And that's kind of something I love to share with just, you know, friends and fam and fans, mm-hmm. people out there. Um, but we'll see. I'm kind of like open to we're reading a lot of things and okay. I hope to get back to Broadway or be in the theater. That's that's kind of something that I really want to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. post, post season three. <laughs> oh. So wait, yes. are you are you are, are you more you said pop and R&B? Uh, yeah. Music? Okay, yeah. Cool. Pop and R&B. What is your feeling about the state of R&B? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a good question, though. That's a good question. Because, well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, today I'm feeling good because my woman crush Wednesday of all time, JoJo, she put out an album. Really? Oh, get out right now. <laughs> Let me tell you, like, I could have swore, like, I was going to marry JoJo. Like, JoJo oh was my God. good. So she just put out an album. I think I just saw on Twitter earlier today that it's, like, the number one album on the R&B chart. Oh, nice. So we rock with JoJo. Cause you know she's mm. had a hard time with the industry and the biz. She did. She, she did. She out. did. Oh, that's good. But like it's interesting. Music is it's it's crazy. It's evolving. We have TikTok. We've got mm-hmm. like there's so many different things happening right now. And yeah. instead of like like I don't know. Like I'm trying to embrace it all. I'm yeah. still like yeah. I've been funking a lot early. Like I've been on my Urban and Fire tip. Okay, like, good. Got good. the con tip. <laughs> good. Like, You're yeah. speaking Look, our language. You're you speaking are speaking our language. Our language. <laughs> <laughs> because because I'm like I'm I'm like in the state of arrested development when it comes to r&b like mm-hmm. i'm totally 90s r&b i oh I, all the way 90s yeah. early 2000s uh, jodeci yeah, jo- oh shit yeah. I, I listen to jodeci like, all the time you know we're not gonna talk about like the verses the verses between babyface and oh yeah i didn't see that actually the jill scott one and erica i did i tuned i kept like tuning in like every 30 minutes to see what they were doing uh, <laughs> that was a little bit smoother, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, it was smoother. They were, I mean, they <laughs> yeah. sat there and talked for like three hours or something. It was like oh, super man, chill. Oh man, I missed that. It was oh, cool. Shoot. They played their hits and like, I guess I was confused on what the verses was. I thought they were going to be like performing against each other, but it was just like celebrating their work. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm going to play my track and then you're going to play your track. Like, it was actually like really cool to see these like it, it powerful was. R&B, you know, figures do that. And so many people are on there. Michelle Obama was in, was in the chat room. Oh my God. Like, it was popping. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was popping. Did they each play their version of You Got Me from The That's Roots? That's started with. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I didn't realize that was Jill's first song that she wrote. Uh-huh. And she wrote it, and Erica Badu obviously sang it. And that was the last song that, like, Erica Badu ever sang that she didn't write herself. So there was, like, a lot oh, of history wow. that we got to hear there. It was Man, really cool. I'm sad I missed it. Yeah. I guess it's just because of what happened with the baby face Riley one. Yeah, we were all like... kind of like PTSD. Like, <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're <laughs> trying to get a hype man in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a little rough. So, Jeremy, we like to wrap the um, the talk with um, <laughs> something Someone called the FAQs. Like... <laughs> 
Get away. <laughs> we, call, we call the fact it was my dad that just walked in. I just didn't want him to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is his room, by the way. So he has the right to yeah, walk yeah. in. He's like, um, he's like all yeah. done yet? He's like, what are you doing here? Um, so the first question, we like to wrap up with the, we call it the facts of the FAQ. Just fun questions mm -hmm. to end, the, end it with. So the first question is, what was the first time you saw yourself reflected on TV and film? And when did you feel seen? Well, uh, for me, uh, it was The Preacher's Wife. Uh, mm. I was a huge fan of Whitney Houston, but her yes. son in the movie's name is Jeremiah. And I remember okay. always being like, why didn't y'all name me Jeremiah? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like about the church and music. And that was kind of mm. like what I grew up on. So I remember that movie specifically. And I think obviously my love for Whitney Houston, but then the yes. acting, um, Denzel was in that movie. Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Vance was in yeah. it. Who I love. Yeah, and like I'm obsessed with Angela Bass. Like it all makes sense. Yeah, like, all makes sense. <laughs> that's that was um, a good one. That is yeah. a good one. Um, if you could listen to only one Broadway soundtrack for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Ain't too proud of life and time. Uh, yes, <laughs> that is actually a good one. That is a good one. Though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, what TV show, movie, or something in pop culture is something that almost everybody loves but you can't stand <laughs> unpopular opinion <laughs> yes mm. that one's a hard one actually i have a lot <laughs> okay name name yours dino they'll get the well ball yeah you rolling. start and then i'll like and then I'll yeah name um, yours you know what i'm not a fan of seinfeld Ooh. Okay. <laughs> don't i mean i it, it's great for what it is but i'm like oh i don't get it you know mm. Retroactively, I'm not a fan of Friends. Oh, he's really coming don't, in with the cut. Don't, don't like, get us, Dino. Don't get us canceled, please. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, no, put a no. question. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Friends, I mean, like, oh, getting older, you look back and you're like, oh, wasn't that just living single? And yeah. You know, <laughs> okay, I think for me, my one that like, it's not that I don't like it, but I, I just couldn't. It didn't stick for me. Was Harry yeah, yeah. Potter? Yeah. Oh. Like I got okay, into you know, like certain movies, but it was like I couldn't remember the spells, yeah. and then like I didn't know like which house am I in. Like that was always a bit tricky for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. David had to turn on his camera. Had to turn on his camera for the Harry Potter shade. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's no, it's understandable. There's you know, a lot I, in know, Harry Potter. Yeah, I was. I haven't seen all of the Harry Potters either. I've only seen the first one, so I get yeah. you. I didn't connect mm -hmm. to it either. <laughs> I did, and I mean, I, I get it. You know, yeah. I, mean, I just said Friends and Seinfeld, and I will probably be canceled after. You'll this. be dragged. They're dragging you, you right now. Yeah, there. like. <laughs> yeah. In my defense, Friends was fine, but then I just think about it socially, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It could have mm -hmm. been something so spectacular. Anyways. Right. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so here's a, here's a fun, uh, would you rather, would you rather have hands that kept growing as you got older or feet that kept growing as you got older? <laughs> hands. Hands. I, I, I would I, say I like hands sneakers too. too much. I like sneakers too much. Those prices so you'd be going have, up, the bigger you be go, You got to get them custom made like Yeah, Shad, it's like, like, you don't want to have to just have like Big ass hands. Yeah, yeah. We'd okay. figure that out. We'd figure that yeah. out. Okay, we, that, that can, but sneakers big ass hands can be know that. Big, yeah. big hands can be very useful too. Yeah, guys, yeah. So. Like a big hug, a little massage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You gotta slap yeah. it, you know. Boy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was the last text you sent? 
<laughs> if you care to share. Uh, the last text I sent. Ah, okay. <laughs> you don't have to share. <laughs> I said, ha ha ha. Okay. <laughs> LOL. That's, That's good. good. That's yeah. good. Do you want to share yours, Amanda? We could just be. <laughs> I think it was to you guys, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, text. it was to you. Yeah. I put, I put waiting for David. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, um so <laughs> david <laughs> um so uh, our last question we ask all our guests is there an underrepresented voice in the industry whether it's an actor writer producer creator that is not in the mainstream that you think people need to know about and you want to give a shout out shine to and you think that deserves more recognition um i'm going to say two people one person we've already talked about janet mock because she has all of those things and I just feel like she, she is it. She is it and her heart is pure and she is one of the most hardworking people I've ever worked with. Her vision is clear and I just think the world of her. Another person that I absolutely adore um, is my boy Ephraim Sykes. We worked together on Ain't Too Proud. Um, he was also a Tony nominee for playing David Ruffin. Um, a lot of the times, being that only one of us can usually play in the playing field, we would always be going in for the same parts. Uh -huh. So I think at first our energy, we didn't know how to like, we didn't know what the relationship was supposed to be. Cause we were like, I always see you at auditions. It's like, good luck. But it's like, do I hate you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, is, what is behind that? But I think we got to like work together on the show, Ain't Too Proud. And he is such a visionary. He is so talented. Um, I like think if I'm not an actor or creating art, I'm like gonna become his agent because I stand so like, firmly on him and his voice and what he wants to do in this industry. So that would be someone that like people know about him, but like they don't know enough. So I will yeah. always shout out Janet Mock. I will always shout out Ephraim Sykes. That's a very hard one because I know so many incredible individuals, oh, but those yeah, are the yeah, two yeah. people that pop to my mind when you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. great. Well, thank you so much for thank doing you, this man. with us. Yes, you know? it was you guys great. Are awesome. It was so cool. we can have you we can have you in studio at some point yeah. um, yes. like on <laughs> the other side of this and then we'll get yeah. burritos yeah homestay yeah. we'll homestay burritos yes. <laughs> Not, <laughs> well thank you again thank you so thank much you. jeremy you're awesome yeah. congratulations all right see you congrats bye. yeah bye, bye.